and welcome to the Glacially Musical Podcast, where we discuss beers, metal, and swearing. Once again, I am joined by Jacques Cousteau of Ghost Cult Magazine. I think I might have used that one. I normally think up the nickname, but I I was lost today. Doesn't matter. Uh, How you doing, sir? I am good. We had dinner for my wife's birthday last night, which is... One of our many traditions, uh, two. We have two traditions for her birthday. We try to go out to Canetto's, which is her favorite restaurant on the hill. Great Italian food. Uh, I, I'm, I don't know. I'm feeling weird. But uh, this Saturday is the other yearly tradition, which I giggle because I was, uh, I texted you about this, and you're like, I think that's for you. But no, my, my wife and I are going to be going to our annual preseason blues game because there's always one around her birthday. And we, we giggled about that because when we met, at the time that we met, the blues popularity was in the fucking toilet. Right. They, were, they had just come off their worst season ever with where they had about 5,000 fans a night for an entire season. And I had a, 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 not a season ticket package, but a, a partial plan. And, you know, one of our first dates actually was going to a blues game. And she's going to be really excited because she's finally going to get to wear her Ryan O'Reilly jersey to the arena because we didn't get to go to the arena last year. First time in the nearly 14 years we've been together, we have not been to the arena. Wow. Well, I'm super stoked for you to go have a good time, you know, go to the game, have a good time. Happy Felicidades to your betrothed. She is the maker of all things and doer of do's. And uh, we appreciate her, even though we have never met or spoken. Uh, she you know, is literally goodness that is in your life. Literally my everything and the cause of everything that is wonderful about me at this point in my life. I am not the curmudgeon I once was, so... Definitely thank you for her. And just going to ask everybody, and I'm not going to talk about specifics, but just, you know, throw some good vibes out there for us because we, we got a thing going on that we need some good vibes. All right, man. Well, I, I you know, I hope everything's okay. It's been Every, Everything is fine. It's just things could get way better. It's been a motherfucker of a couple of years, and it just it seems no end in sight. Are you drinking a sparkly? You're not even drinking a beer. Uh, this is an Upslope Hazy IPA. Oh, it is a beer. I was like, are you drinking this? You really don't feel well if you're not drinking a beer. I am drinking a beer or about to drink a beer. We just talked about last week. I was like, God damn it. I wish I could find this beer. And I found it at my Trader Joe's Montucky Cold Snack. We don't have that at uh, my Trader Joe's, which I got to get down to this weekend. They 16 fluid ounces of refreshment, as the can says. It also says uh, 8% of their profits go to local causes, wherever they're local. Montana. Apparently the unofficial beer of Montana, Montucky. <laughs> and then there's a really cool thing here that you probably can't see and we're on a podcast. Nope, so people I can't see it. But it says, don't be a jerk. Oh, now I can see it. It's almost like a psychic message to me. Mine says, oh, it's too much brightness. Yeah. This is uh, just some stuff I got at the discount grocery, the discount uh, drugstore. You know, four bucks a six pack. I ain't proud. I got you. Gonna stop by and get some more tomorrow. There, uh, what my second beer for the evening is uh, the Upslope Craft Lager, based out of Boulder, Colorado, and mm. the Craft Lager is my favorite American lager, hands down. 
So All I'm right, going to get a couple six packs of that and then another one of the other two. But obviously, we are talking about what today? We are back in black. No, we are back. We're going to talk about how I saw Metallica in a tiny room. No, we're going to, which <laughs> I did. We're going to talk about how awesome it probably would have been to see Black Sabbath in a tiny room 50 years ago. We are on our journey of Black Sabbath, episode three of four. Um, and we are in the squiffy era, officially, of Black Sabbath. They did not have endless bangers like Metallica and Maiden to start their career. No, they did they not. Had, they had uncalculable impact, those first few records, possible diminishing returns. They were extremely fucked up on drugs at this period of time. Well, I um, I am one of the few people that does not believe that volume four is much of a banger. Volume is. four is the first album where you're like, where I was like, I don't know if I need most of this. You know, there's a volume lot of really good probably stuff. The, the, the record so far, and I want to keep track of this. Volume four is the record in this series with you and I that we are the most diametrically opposed on for the first time ever. Because normally we're in agreement. It just happens that way. It's not because we're trying to agree with each other. It's the opposite. I'm trying to disagree with you <laughs> whenever possible because it makes for a better show. Agreed. But I mean, you just end up agreeing on shit. Um, maybe well, I mean, a, a, a lot of the Iron Maiden. Maiden stuff, a lot of the Metallica stuff, it's unfuckwithable. Yeah, it's really... Although, I, real quick, my, my friend Danny texted me. You know, he's He's catching up on the Iron Maiden series. And he's like, you know... I listened to your critique on Power Slave and and uh, somewhere in time. Is there any record you think is flawless? I'm like, right, not a many. Lot of people think those records are great, and I do as well. And you are like, no, these are just okay with a couple of great songs. Uh, I told you, I might make. I should make this like my profile picture. There's a guy who Instagrammed the Ghost Cult Instagram, DM'd me on Instagram, and was like. I have to say your review of Load was way off. It's a great rock record and it's very underrated. And I'm I'm 56 and a huge metal expert and you don't know anything. And I was like, I'm almost 50 and a huge metal expert. And I think I know something about something, including I'm entitled to my fucking opinions, especially when they're educated as a lifelong Metallica fan since I'm 13 years old. So fuck off. Complainer, I, I mean, I love the complaints. It wasn't about our episode about load, right? It should it have been my personal episode. written review about load, which turned like twenty five. And um, <laughs> oh, well, well, I think I'm everybody. one of the people that likes load more than most. I think reload and load and reload are great. They're not a great sixty minute bad. record. Yeah, they're not as bad as they were at the time. They're better than that. It's just so it was so shocking what they were. Just like went away for a year and they came back with a whole different band and it was shocking but black sabbath has never had that until dio and we we're not going to get to this in this disagree uh, disagree i think we're coming back to a whole different band right now oh all right well then let's do tell so um 1973 this is already their fifth fifth studio album in in three years three yeah, I mean, technically, they wrote the first Black Sabbath album. The, it, you, I start the counter the day the first album comes out. Yeah, but they wrote it. They recorded it in January, so they had to have written those songs. I count it when it comes out. Okay. That's me. That's me. They they were at a clip that was unenviable, and I don't know if that was because Deep Purple and Metallica and other bands were just rocketing albums out, which they were, by the way. 
um motherfuckers were prolific back then considering the drugs and the quality of the drugs and uh, well, at this they, point in time pink floyd is on their what ninth album right but they i, I mean let's not compare any band to pink floyd when it comes it's to not fair because it's it's not a fair. whole other thing true so their first album comes out in 1970 which is uh just a quick recap which is the self-titled eponymous debut which i would still put as one of the top 10 metal records of all time even though it is the first one and metal wasn't even formed yet then they come back with another top 10 metal record of all time paranoid then they come back with volume four or not they come back with uh, master of reality which is the coolest logo the coolest font they ever used in my opinion then they come back with volume four and the drugs are writing the songs now and now they go back into the studio after touring which i presume no arenas because nobody was playing arenas yet um the the arena the arena era is actually much smaller than most people think it's i i will even say that i think in america the jump went from clubs to stadiums and it was queen not an american man that did that and then they fucked it up for everybody else now kiss is really probably the first band that willed themselves into an arena band before they really were one. Yeah, their first arena tour, they were playing arenas on the Dress to Kill tour when they recorded a live. 74, I mean, does it make sense? One year, like- any awareness of the band, except they Right, they did like an opening tour, they did a club tour, and then it's like, fuck it, arenas. No hits, no play, no nothing. Cobo Hall, 10,000 seater. They willed it into existence. Um, yeah, completely we, we did. We will have to do Kiss at some point. I'm not sure when, but we will Agreed. do 70s Kiss. And I will I will suffer through Dynasty. Um, <laughs> but the other stuff is pretty good. So Sabbath, I love that you teed this up. Finally, you teed one up. It's the first time you've actually teed up the before an episode, you know, the before of an episode started. Thank you so much for taking the pressure off of the kid here. You are welcome. Um, here's here's the thing, whether you like volume four or I love volume four. So like we, we acknowledge that volume four has some fucking clunkers. They were fucked up on drugs. They painted Bill gold and almost killed him. Right, I don't think fire. volume four is bad. It's just I, not as great as and it's the first non-essential Black Sabbath record. You had to follow Master of Reality. Oh, yeah. Which is a fucking shame. But it, I think it's excellent. I think most of it is great. And I love the record. Um, that's me personally. Not your taste. I get it. Well, we also um, judge records differently. You average the quality and I don't. Well, there's there's a lot of factors. If we ever want to have an episode where we just talk about rating records, we can do that too. Let's um, not do that. No one would enjoy that. No one would enjoy that but us. Exactly. Um, exactly. And, and you know who would really not enjoy it? Fans and journalists, uh, other journalists and publicists would all hate that episode. Uh, so yeah, good call. Uh, again, Nick, the much more wise half of this duo, however dynamic. Um, so High volume price. four, re- recorded in LA because there was close to the Coke deal, the Coke connection. Uh, they're fucked up. They barely survived making the record. It still comes out great. They tore extensively. They kind of like go right back to California to try to make another record, which like did not work. 
they literally couldn't think of anything. They had to like fuck off back to England because they couldn't work. They went, they literally rented a house. They did the same steps on the ground, the black footprints. Here's how you dance, the Watusi. Like <laughs> rented a house in Bel Air, got a bunch of drugs, got fucked up, tried to see him. Nothing, nothing, nothing and at all. Real quick, it should be mentioned every 70s band has one of these records. Oh, yeah. They've oh, all I, got a in, cocaine In record. hindsight, it ended up helping them, and I'll tell you how. But, like, yes, every band did this. Bands were doing this. They're starting to do it again now, actually. Um, so they go back to England, and <laughs> I think uh, the last date of the tour was, like, the Hollywood Bowl. This is an infamous story. They were so coked out of their mind. Tony blacked out and doesn't remember the show. It was terrible by all accounts. They could barely get through it. And then they went into the record plant where they had cut some of the tracks of the previous record, which is like a studio they liked. They had the house and the record. You know, you like do most of the stuff, the basic tracks of the house, use the ambient sound of the, the building the structure. And then you go into the studio and finish it. Overdubs, solos, vocals. It's worth room- mentioning. I know we mentioned the drugs a lot in this band. But this is also a group of people that say, we're amazed we didn't die. Yes. And they mean it. They're not just exaggerating. They fucking mean it. They're just like, like, wow. Just fucking wow. Um, The way Duncan once put it about cocaine is when you're on the cocaine, it makes you think everything you're doing is amazing. Right. And it's not. Which, but it actually lowers your quality while, it's it's basically uh, a Dunning-Kruger syndrome. Yeah, it's, never it's, it's powder Dunning Kruger. Never, never be the one person in a room with people who out who are all fucking high and you're not. It's a bad time. It's worse than said a letter the other people. A, a man should not be forced to see his friends drunk mm, because then you find out how annoying they really are. So they're they're pretty wrung out. Ozzy had. He literally doesn't remember the fucking record. Bill didn't remember the record before. He's like, I don't remember the tracks or we're playing drums even. Like, I just woke up one day and hey, the record's done. Did I play on it? Did you get someone else? Yeah, you played all the drums. I did? Like, Me. those are the conversations these guys were fucking having. Um, here's one of my favorite fucking things ever. Just a segue. This is a great segue story. Um, ACDC, before Bon Scott passed away, rest in peace, He's uh, he's on a balcony in a hotel in Paris with Mark Evans, their original or longest running early bass player. And uh, they're sitting there with two females on lounge chairs, sipping champagne and doing drugs. And they watch the sunrise in Paris. Bon calls over to Mark and says, like, hey, doesn't Paris have one of those statues like that, the Eiffel Tower? <laughs> Is that a mock, like a replica? And he's like, mate, we're in Paris. That's the Eiffel Tower. That's what I'm talking about. Like, these guys are fucked up beyond repair. Beyond repair. So. It's amazing um, that a lot of, it really is amazing that these guys made it through the decade. And it's also worth noting that Bill quit Black Sabbath finally because of drugs. It's like, I can't be around you guys anymore. Right. Done. 
if you if you quit or get kicked out of a band because the drugs are bad, it's pretty bad for you. Um, it's pretty bad for you. Um, so they reconvene back to England and they kind of clean up for a little while. They sober up for a month. You know, that was sucked. We got nothing done. Let's go back home. And then they rented a place called Clearwell Castle in Gloucestershire. I hope I said that correctly, all my Brits. Gloucestershire. Gloucestershire, whatever. I see Shire, I think about Baggins. Um, it, was, it, was uh, it, was, it was in um, Hot Fuzz. Yes. There's a village it. in Sanford, Gloucestershire. We've got a lovely little cottage. And so you go. So they came to this castle where Zeppelin, Deep Purple, Bad Company, and Queen had all recorded. It's now a wedding venue in 2021. People rent it for fancy weddings. And they did what other bands do. They set up in the place and they recorded what would become Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath. And the, the kind of going back home, still with the same idea, let's co- convene in a place where we just block out everything and just be together, which they also still had drugs, but not like the, you know, in the LA level. Repeat that, that, repeat that. You cut out a little bit. Oh, sorry. They had the, they didn't have the LA level of drugs. They had drugs, but they didn't have the LA level of the connection of the pipeline of never ending drugs and debauchery at this castle. They still were doing pretty bad Coke, but they chilled out and they worked on this album that became kind of the peak back up. If you think volume four is a dip, Sabbath Bloody Sabbath is like the last really great early thing mid mid era thing i really like this one i love this album um it's got some of the best melodies it's got some of the best riffs it's got some of the best singing and lyrics all the they also got scary again they did get scary again there was nothing scary about volume four and definitely not on sabotage mostly so we'll we'll get to we'll get to that one oh we're gonna get to oh boy we're gonna get to it um but yeah, man, they um, they did this record. They, you know, their manager continued to put his name on their records when he didn't do anything. They let him, uh, you know, and I'm not talking about uh, Sharon's dad. I'm talking about Peter Patrick Meehan, who was kind of Arden's, Don Arden's partner. But he was directly responsible for the day-to-day Sabbath stuff. And he just gave himself points and a co-writing co-producing credit on every record and gave himself points on their deal. Also, to the band. according to the band, embezzled the shit out of everything. Yes. Uh, Geezer Butler described it once as, we never had any money. If I, if I went to my manager and said, I need a car tomorrow, well, the car would show up the next day. But I never saw any money. They never had money. Yeah, they were taken care of. That's why, and it happened a lot back then. Um Rick Wakeman is on this album from Yes, one of the greatest keyboard players to ever live. He is in, still to this day incredible. Um, he plays on Sabracadabra. We know what a, that song means to you, speaking of the misses. And we'll talk about that when we get to it. Um, Led Zeppelin apparently showed up and hung out with them. And there is supposedly a Led Zeppelin Black Sabbath jam recording from this session at the, at the castle. 
And Bonham was like, let me play drums on Supernaut. Let me play drums on Supernaut. Let me play drums on. They're like, dude, no, fuck off. Like, no. Uh, but he loved that riff and he wanted to put a beat down on it. Uh, but like, if this somehow jam of, of John Bonham and, and, and Zeppelin and, and Sabbath ever comes out, you know, collectors are going to lose their shit. It's um, probably horrible, which is why it could asked. be horrible. They were probably fucked up on drugs and alcohol, but like, I'd like to hear it. I would love to hear it as well. It's not, but it's let's call a thing what it is. It's not like Led Zeppelin were uh, clean. No, never, never in their life. Uh, at this point, they were still pretty sharp. Uh, I would say probably Bonham. Uh, you know, they were all fucking partiers, but I would say Bonham became notorious at this point in time. I would say like this is the pre-Jimmy super bad on heroin all the time era. Yeah, we're, we're not- pre-heroin, but we are we are extraordinarily drunk. Oh, possibly. This, yeah. this yeah. is when Jimmy when Jimmy's wearing the iconic pants and yeah, lots of weed and three bottles of Jack every show. Yeah, probably. Um, but they they did start to they did start to get fucked up again at the house toward the end and uh, started to kind of not like each other. And then uh, there's a line here in the Wikipedia where Geezer complained that Ozzy was just leaning on him for the lyrics, which is like, why wouldn't you lean on Geezer for the lyrics? He wrote the best lyrics in the band. I mean, did Ozzy ever really write anything? He did write. He did write quite a few lyrics. Okay. I I know he wrote, am I going insane? Which we'll talk about. Yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about. So... They did, this record is like, they brought in some synths. They, st- again, we talked about like certain other influences seeping in in the last album where they start to get fanciful and progressive a little because of their friends. It's not a bad move. They definitely had the capability as players. You know, Ozzy can Agreed. only do what Ozzy can do, right? He can't really, he's not suddenly going to become John Anderson or- Ozzy or, has uh, a three Frank note, Lake. he has a three note range. Yeah, he absolutely has a three or four note range. There's no question. But like the other guys can actually play. And right. they, and it's interesting to hear them try to step out of themselves and, um, you know, like uh, uh, Iomi learned how to play other types of instruments that he never touched before. And Geezer this would is like- also definitely where we start to see a more progressive bent where it goes from, you know, being progressive into being prog. And the difference to me is progressive is Iron Man, where it's got 400 different riffs that all go together. Prague is when you're yeah. playing Yes or Kansas, where yeah, it's like, boy. here's the flamenco. Let's go into reggae. Now let's drop some metal. Rush. And yeah, where you're just yeah. doing all these bits that don't work together. But you look at it and go, I nailed it. Yeah, it feels like this is a call. Some of this record is also a little bit back to the roots of the first couple of records, a little. There's some raw riffing. There's some very straight ahead riffs and songs and parts oh, yeah. of songs on here that will feel very familiar to the early Sabbath. So people were like, well, if I love Black Sabbath and Paranoid, what's the third one? And it could be this one. If you said this, I love Master of Reality, but if you said this was your third or second or third favorite Black Sabbath record, I wouldn't fucking argue with you. Agreed. It's, it's, it's hard for me to, to really rate this one because it's got a lot of nostalgia for me. This mm. was the first Black Sabbath album I owned. The first Black Sabbath release I ever had was Live Evil on cassette. Then I got uh, the full version of Sold Our Soul for Rock and Roll on the double CD that the other ma- the management company put out. And then I got this. That that was that was my my track, which makes 
this album probably better to me than it actually is because nostalgia is a hell of a drug it could be um but i would also say this is the departure project when you get to the first few couple the 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 previous albums there's a little bit of a change in volume four but not a significant one apart from the song ironically named changes you get to this one and yes, there is definitely some stuff hearkening back to Master of Reality, to Paranoid, Noth- a little bit on the the debut Wicked World kind of stuff. But that, that first album was very different than what came after it. And then they move into songs like Who Are You and Fluff and National Acrobat, where they're just going into these new places. But still... They've got one foot in the classic sound and they've got, but they're, but they're looking over the horizon to see what else is there. Well said, my friend, shall we do the track by track? <sighs> Let's kick it. Kick it. <laughs> um, Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath is the title track is one of the greatest Black Sabbath songs, top 10 Black Sabbath songs, incredible song, great riffs. The end riff is like one of the most heaviest things ever, even to this day. I would put it up against like that. That final riff is so heavy. It's tuned to C and it's just so strong and so girthy and, you know, just inspired so much doom and sludge metal, even with that tone. There's definitely a point in the song where the guitar is, uh, overdriven and you hear like a feedback unintended uh, definitely a mistake but it's beautiful like a beautiful fuck up there's like a wah, like a real squonky squonch uh feedback moment where i don't know if it's a wrong note was played or it overdrove the tube for a second and like the tubes but like wow such a great song on every level again it's worth mentioning that at this time, Tony Iommi is still playing his Gibson, even oh, yeah. though he is most known for the old boy. He doesn't get that for another five or six years. Yeah. He is still playing the old monkey, which is a single coil SG. And when I found out that he played most of the classic Black Sabbath on single coil pickups, uh, my jaw hit the floor. And the tone on this on this song is very different than everything previous. Up until this point, it was dirty, but it was smooth. And you get it into was, this uh, riff, and it's not smooth. This is this uh, is a rough tune, two by four. Yeah, it's, it's good stuff. It's amazing. It's, it, it I think this was the this first song, song they, so well. First song they finished writing, set the tone for the whole rest of the record, even though there's some wild shit on there that doesn't, doesn't sound like this. But like, this is the song that kind of, oh, okay, we can still put a song together. This is a good beginning. Oh, yeah. And this song I, is, it's 100%, 110% classic Black Sabbath. I don't think anybody would disagree that this is a top 10 song. And I think most of us would agree it's top five Black Sabbath. It is just... It's perfect. Indeed. Uh, next comes a national acrobat. Uh, good riff. Kind of only half a song, actually. Um, but it's a really good riff. And I uh, guess it's theoretically a political song, which they didn't do a lot of politics. Uh, but uh, 
It is a very they did politics, but in a very general way. Yeah, that's fair. And I, I like this song. Uh, Metallica did it better. Sorry. Um, well, I mean, anything kind of sounds better when you got James and Kurt. I know, but, I know. Uh, that, that's why I hate the Merciful Fate medley so much. It's like, damn. And then you go back and you listen to that first Merciful Fate record, and it sounds like shit comparatively. Oh well, yeah. Uh, National Acrobat is solid. Six minutes. I, this is one of those songs. It's like I wish it was shorter. Yeah. And again, it doesn't sound like it doesn't sound like they had an intro for this. They just kind of like now great riff, but it kind of needed like it just starts. There's no build up, and that's no not drama. Black Sabbath. There's no other Black Sabbath songs up at this point where it's one, two, three. You know, there's always a slow build, which is what makes going to a Black Sabbath concert for the first 15 minutes so anticlimactic. Because it's for the first five minutes, it's it's just just the horns for five minutes because they're really old and they got to get ready to go. And I mean, that was 20 years ago. God only knows what it would be like now. But right and then yeah this 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 is three minutes of song stretched into about six and a half it's yeah but it's not terrible it's, it's not terrible it's, it's, it's good. good and then it goes into you could have stopped you could have stopped um fluff the guitar instrumental i feel like mm-hmm. i owe me i think i said this a couple of episodes ago he has like an unexpressed richie blackmore jimmy page thing where he wants to compete with them i think Agreed. Um, and does stuff that they do that he didn't need to do. It's like he's confident. Like, listen, Naomi is a fantastic master of the guitar, right? Like, the riffs are his thing. And while I like all these things, I like these fun in- fun instrumentals and these little, um, yeah, these little uh, chamber music, folk, classic, classical guitar things. Like, I don't need them in this band i don't need them from this band they could have just done what they do and and rock out I, it does you want a light and a shade like jimmy but it just starts to sound like i wish i was richie blackmore more but if when Sometimes. when tony does it when he throws in one of these little 50 second fun instrumentals as it were i love that word i'm gonna make that a thing and it's just like, like it's just kind of like why? why why did you do that when Jimmy Page does an acoustic thing, you get eight minutes of this beautiful, gorgeous, innovative acoustic guitar, and you're like, "Holy hell!" Jimmy Page, Tony Iommi does it, and you're like, mm, "Don't bore us, get to the chorus." This is four minutes long. This is a full flight. This might be the first full. Oh fled. my god! I'm sorry. I'm getting. Minutes. I'm sorry. I'm getting confused. I'm thinking of another one. This is the first full-fledged, this is a song-length instrumental by Black Sabbath. They had a couple of shorter ones and a couple of passages, interludes. This is a song. I like it. It's cool. They did it as a tribute to a disc jockey in the UK that used to play them, one of the few. So, because, you know, they were derided by everyone. The BBC would never play them until later. Uh, even Peel, who loved his rock and metal, would never play them. So Fluff is good, but I don't need it. That's my, it's kind of just good. It's not terrible. It's not, it's not too long. It's fine. The way it's composed beautifully, it's played beautifully. I don't need it. And then they put it on on the third song on this record. And they put it on Live Evil. They closed out Live Evil with it. 
confusing. Um, That's followed, worse than Metallica closing out a live record with Orion. I don't know. I'm a bassist and I love Orion. But anyway. I do, but it's not a closer. Moving on. Fair enough. Sabra Kadabra. Love it. Nick, favorite song. By Black One Sabbath. of my absolute favorites. This is... Uh, I, the Metallica version again is better, but it's not fair because it's Metallica. James sings better than Ozzy. James plays better than Ozzy. They're all better than they're all better than these dudes. It's it's just not fair. It's like Wayne Gretzky's better than Gordy Howe. He just is. You know, you got 15 years of extra training and, and awesomeness, and that goofy Jofa it was a helmet. Game also, it was a different game. He had people to protect him. Gordy was taking all his hits. Gordy Howe only had never five. Touched. Gordy Howe only had five fights in his career, recorded fights. Hmm. I mean, Wayne of, didn't have a lot of fights. He had a lot of one-round punch-outs. Wayne Gretzky had three out. fights more than Alexander Ovechkin. Just going to throw that I, out there. Right. I feel like I could put Gretzky over my shoulder and spank that guy. Like, he's so little. Anyway. Yes, he is. Anyway, moving on. Tabacadabra, uh, riffs, lyrics, singing, solo, beats, bass, everything. The full package. Second best song on the album by a lot. Agreed. Um, incredible song, romantic song, even funny song, fun song. Six minutes feels like it's two minutes. Again, the worst songs are like forever and they feel like forever. The best songs, you wish it would never. I wish that. I wish that riff would never stop. I that get chills when I think about that riff. That Lord. riff is just, that is probably the single best riff Iomi ever played. Not the best song, but that riff is that just one riff. Yeah, it's fucking jamming. And uh, so we're, we're we're closing in at the end of the second side. And they start strong, and they finish strong, and then they have song. other bits. Yeah. So this first side was tight, like banger, solid song, instrumental. I could live without banger. Good first side. Side two. Diminishing returns. Um, Killing Yourself to Live is an underrated, excellent track, in my personal opinion. I've always liked it. Uh, they've rarely played it that much. I think it's a killer song. A lot of people cite that as their favorite Sabbath song. It's a, it's a good one. It's a good one. It's a little cliche. Well, yeah, of course. Lyrically speaking. Which but Black but Sabbath it works doesn't... like it totally. Yeah. And in the time, in the 70s, the shit they were putting themselves through. Well, I mean, that's they literally their, that, were killing their, themselves uh, to live. This is their Hotel California, which hadn't come out yet, or their that or that smell, which hadn't come out yet, or their, you know, it's one of those. It's like, oh, I get breathe. It. I mean, yeah, I guess there's a lot of. Look, I guess they're all worried about dying. Uh, I mean, hastening the fucking <laughs> process with all the chemicals. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. It's it's a good song. It's not. It's good. It's not great. Right. And then probably one of the most confusing and bizarre Black Sabbath no, songs no, ever. No, no, no. Who Are You is fucking amazing. I didn't I say might... it wasn't amazing, but you have to admit it's a way left field turn for them. It is, but it it's so good it's not confusing. Even though musically speaking, it makes no sense. Uh, a lot of synth on this first reel. Um, I mean, got, then this. <laughs> yeah, they got so like the story goes. 
they went back to LA originally to do this record that didn't work out. And they went into the record plant to just kind of look around and, hey, maybe we'll come back here. And the room that they had cut volume four and that they loved was taken over by an entire room-sized synthesizer called the ARP, the ARP, which was used very randomly and little used by Stevie Wonder to humongous effect on Intervisions and Musiquarium, Rick Wakeman, uh, Tony Kay, um, Keith Emerson, like not a synthesizer, Pat Mraz, not a synthesizer you around, put on tour, whatever. It literally took up half a room of machines. And so it was the INAC of synthesizers. Right. So I'm sorry, I don't get to make the INAC reference all back. You all don't. Back so that's what that sound is. Now, now you can get it in a tiny little thing. But um, yeah, like an iPhone. Tony got like obsessed with this thing and he had one brought into that castle to put, to put, they had to bring one in to a room in that castle and it took up like a ballroom or some shit, part of a ballroom. So who are you? Good song. Maybe great. Some people do love it. It Um, is great. It is absolutely great. It is scary. It is futuristic. It is futuristic. It is slow. And this is the first slow song in a while. There's nothing slow on this record up to this point. There, he's pretty up tempo. Fluff, fluff is very chill. I don't count that. You don't count it. It's like you almost wish you didn't. Wasn't you didn't have it? Right. It's 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 so unnecessary. It's filler. It's it's not bad. It's just like, look, I can write really pretty, but does it matter because we all type now? And that's kind that's fluff. And but this one. It has that that slowness where you just want to push them. It's uncomfortable. It's like it's like Black Sabbath again. It's the first really slow song they've done in a long time. Slower than War Pigs. It's slower than everything. It's probably slower than the 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 studio version of Black Sabbath. And that discomfort is what makes it so powerful. The lyrics are good and terrible at the same time. It's it's B movie it's B movie scripting, but it's fun and love this song. And I love the fact and you know one of the things I get made fun of routinely for is I like the records and songs by bands that no one else likes. You know I'm a Lulu stan. I I stand for Lulu. Don't just I just accept it. We'll move on. And I'm way not drunk enough for this conversation now. We'll Um, have that conversation one day, but not today. And this is a very, it's the only song like this in the entire catalog. Yeah, I, uh, fair enough. I, um, I don't have a lot of strong feelings about looking for today. It's just kind of there. Where there's nothing, again, Nothing bad on this album. But then you have songs like Looking Looking for Today, where it's like, okay, well, Ozzy's really trying to stretch out that range to three and a half notes. And that's, I mean, that's a, moving on. Yeah, they probably shouldn't have. Uh, and then an oddly influential track hidden at the end here, Spiral Architect, which... Uh, I wouldn't say it's great, but it definitely left an impression on people. It's been covered a bunch. Uh, it's got a little string arrangement on it. 
which uh, you know influenced. Yeah, that was surprising. Hearing the strings, it's like, wait a minute, because I'd never really noticed that before today. I listened to this one when I got home. Yeah, it's 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 a good little track. I wouldn't say it's a great track, but I think it's solid. Right, um, and that's and again, that's um, this album from you know summing up this album because I don't have anything more to say about Spiral Architect. Spiral Architect, living for today, fluff, not bad, not terribly necessary, and that's a problem. You know, we've got a forty-two minute album, which is for me the right length for a record just over 40, under 45. But you've got these long swaths where it's like, eh. And which makes it better than volume four because it's new, it's different. It's, again, they've got one foot in the past and an eye on the future. Unfortunately, a lot of the eye on the future stuff doesn't work out as well. So maybe on their next record, they should have gone back to their roots and gone dirty. They didn't. Um, Foreshadowing. Spoilers. Spoiler alert. Before we do that, let's just talk for a second about this album cover, because I think it doesn't get enough respect. Like most of the Black Sabbath album covers are horrible, Uh, not even good or passable. The first one's great. My favorite one is still the, the dude in the evil Knievel suit with a knockoff scimitar. (laughs) <laughs> the shimtar um it's terrible the uh, sabbath bloody sabbath album cover is interesting it's got some devilish demonic shit it's got it's very on purpose like hey you know what's evil a skull and a 666 and new somebody demon ladies huh and new demon ladies new demon ladies but let's talk about the very interesting choice of font on this album cover because the band title is extremely tiny and the album title is odd because it's at the top it's super big and bold it needs umlauts the it needed some umlauts the middle word is not capitalized as a choice graphically and the ss nazi ss is in there kind of a little squiffy little squiffy i i we're all looking for nazis everywhere in metal right now they're yeah, hiding. We're gonna find them. Ghost has a song called "Looking Waiting for the Night," but sometimes I'm like looking for a Nazi band <laughs> to cancel. <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't know. It's a it's a and then they went on to continue to use this logo. We sold our soul for rock and roll. Like this this font comes back again and again. It's weird. It's I would weird. argue it's probably the most classic logo that they ever used. Mm. And we, we haven't pointed this out, but Black Sabbath changes their logo most records. Every single record, they have a different logo but until like later in their career. when they go. I remember the, having like purple. every Black Sabbath shirt I've ever had has a different font on the term Black Sabbath. I don't know why that is. Why is it? Because they were high. And I got nothing who didn't else. Care about them was in charge of these decisions, right? Okay. I would also point out this cover has nothing to do with the record, not at all, <laughs> not in the least. But it's the exact kind of record your average twelve-year-old is going to think Black Sabbath would have. And I would agree, this probably is their, at least of the original run. This is definitely the best cover of the original run. My my personal favorite is still Heaven and Hell. 
I love that record cover. Well, that painting is fucking incredible. Um, I guess they finished the record at Morgan Studios is where they finished the recording. And it's a very famous London studio that I think is no longer in existence, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but yeah, like they put out tons of music there, but like, I don't know. I don't know. It's a pretty great record. It is a bit, considering what comes after it, it is definitely the final high point, I think, of the band in terms of some kind of cohesive, consistent release, uh, which is saying a lot because they still have a few more albums with Ozzy, left three more with Ozzy. This is, Uh, I wouldn't even say this one is really that cohesive. I don't know. It's the, I, I think it's the last really good record with Ozzy. And again, my opinion, I think, is over buttressed by the fact that it was my first Black Sabbath record. And it, it just the fact that that is the first one I heard as the band intended, it, it just holds a lot of sway with me. As, as everybody knows, you know, I'm big on vinyl, big on listening to albums in their entirety. You know, I'm not big on greatest hits. I'm big on, you know, getting the albums, the, the quality albums. And this is one of the few... I have three Ozzy albums on vinyl. I have uh, Black Sabbath. I have Sabbath Bloody Sabbath. And I have uh, Technical Ecstasy. One of these things is not like the others. <laughs> I was in a record store and I was just pissed off and I had to buy something. And I made poor choices that day. Make better choices, Nick. Make better choices. The smart choice would have been to keep the $30. 30 Was that a re- was it like a repress? Or is that no, a it was uh, an OG press. Yeah, I'm not there. Doesn't yet. make it. We'll, we'll yeah, get to that later. But in the meantime, let us take a quick break. And we're back. So now we move on to the greatest record of all that Black Sabbath did in whatever year it came out in. This is definitely the best Black Sabbath record of 1975. It's the only Black Sabbath record, thankfully. Uh, Which means it's also the worst. Um, So, of course, uh, before we get too deep, Sabotage, obviously, uh, the album cover is stupid. It's it's fuck awful. Uh, The logo is similar to the previous logo for the title, but not the band. And then they did a similar logo for the title, uh, as we all know, it's them in front of a mirror where instead of seeing their backs, you see their fronts. They're dressed like it's it's odd, you know, and the thing about Black Sabbath was they never had a metal image because at this point, the metal image did not exist. It, no. it wasn't for a couple more years until Judas Priest created it. So we've got uh, Geezer wearing a lovely pair of white slacks that would look wonderful on the love boat. Uh, coupled with a denim uh, suit jacket, a red blouse with a giant eagle-looking thing on it, uh, Tony Iommi wearing some nice Levi's, some uh, high-heeled Cuban soles, and a uh, butterfly collar looking like he's getting ready to go to... He's looking like he's ready to be the rock guy at Studio 54, where he still fits in, but not quite there. Then Ozzy wearing a silk kimono, Okay. 
and platform shoes because platform shoes and then you got bill oh my god um bill is wearing a leather jacket uh presumably a shirt and red ladies tights uh curious choices and someone approved this artwork by the way somebody outside of the band was like That's not just thing. one guy like this had to go through yeah. a lot of people and then it gets put on a record cover this is yeah um they were suing their manager at the time. They claimed that he was sabotaging them. That's where the name comes from. Oh, it's funny because it's true. You know what else sabotaged them? They're writing. You know what else sabotaged them? Their addiction to cocaine. Oh, cocaine. Uh, but there's no songs about cocaine on this one, I don't think. There might not be. But, um, you know, you know, they just uh, couldn't catch a break. They felt like they were being shafted. Um, you know, album number six. Should have seen some money by now with multi-platinum sales. I don't disagree. Multi-platinum sales, uh, successful tours. Yeah, they, they, should have been, they should have been rolling in the ducats at this point. And they yeah. weren't. And yeah, they were definitely getting ripped off. It, it, was, uh, it was the 70s. They're addicted to cocaine. You're making money on over the, on the records and on the tours. That's just prime getting. That's just prime getting ripped off territory. That's that's the guy you're looking for to, to rip off. Are we ready for this or what are we doing? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I just uh... <laughs> look. We're, I think, yourselves. I it's think going we're both, south quickly. I think we're both kind of stalling on this a little bit. Well, trying... like, it's never fun to smash your heroes when they fuck up. But on the other hand, in the interest of musicology, it's important to see where they failed to really love and appreciate where they won. Agreed. And that's, oh. I mean, one of the things that I'm seeing a lot of, and I'm going to discuss this more uh, on Sunday's episode, my Sunday solo episode, is that there are a lot of fans of these heritage elderly bands that are like, oh, they've done something great. I'm just not that guy. I'll never be that guy. Because I, if I had infinite money, I could be that guy. If I had infinite money, infinite clout, and I could buy everything and had all the time in the world to listen to it, oh yeah, I'd totally be that guy. But I'm not. So if you're going to put out a box set, if you're going to go on tour, you need to do something that's going to get me to give you my money. And it's curious to me that this was one of the first albums they chose to do a super deluxe version of. Which uh, we covered and had. A, did we? Got to listen to. Uh, we didn't cover. Ghost oh, covered. Okay. Um, I think the expanded set is interesting and has a lot of cool demo things that never became parts of the record. Um, I think completists like the whole story and it's not complete until it's fully uh, complete Nirvana today announced the 30th anniversary of nevermind we're mm-hmm. recording this on the on the precipice of the 30th anniversary of nevermind's release uh kiss, not a big deal uh kiss released the 45th anniversary release of destroyer which i'm going to discuss at length on the next episode fantastic on my solo episode i will listen to it uh um, and you know there's been a lot of great box sets from a lot of uh a lot of elder statesmen and I am still stalling because I don't want to talk about these songs. Let's let's get let's get into it. 
Okay, Hole in um, the Sky, good track. It's a lot better than I remembered. Yeah. I listened to this last week when we were going to record, and we were just both wiped out, and so we put it off. A I, week. Am, I am, uh, yeah, like the doubling up that week super mm-hmm. helps because we were able to yeah. take a little break. And, and I, um, I listened to that whole record. I listened to the whole record last week, and I'm like, oh my god, this is bullshit. Some of this is terrible, um, but Hole in the Sky is not. Hole in the Sky no, is good awesome. Song fun it's a great track it's got a great beat uh it's kind of like got that acdc beat before acdc had it uh i'm such a completist that i watched the jim norton comedy special from 2012 that's on amazon prime right now and he has ozzy introduce him from the toilets in the opening of the show and he comes out on stage to that riff great riff great song um, more religious lyrics because geezer can't help himself he and, knows like two uh, things huh he knows like two things and you yeah, write about uh, what you know supernatural horror and jesus that's what he's all about heaven um homeless guy is awesome it's four minutes you wish it was 20 it doesn't feel like four minutes it feels like it's two. a really short four minutes and that's three great riffs three riffs in the whole song and they're all awesome um uh, again why an instrumental on track two that i couldn't care less about don't start too late don't start at all if this shit isn't good you it's know? just no this is i'm sorry and i apologize to the listeners and to, to my my co-host on this one i had fluff confused with this one this is and this is not the only one of these after once tony takes over after everybody else is gone he just sprinkles this crap everywhere Again. And it's just like, what the fuck? It, it, write a song or just, just don't. Just don't. There's no point. So, no point. Fair enough. Fair 49 enough. seconds, I'm never getting back. Cannot get this time of your life back. But okay, banger, forgettable track. Symptom of the Universe, phenomenal riff. Probably too long a song at over six minutes, but a great, great riff. Not a big fan. It's Not a fan. The vocals are grating. Uh, I don't know why no one just pulled Ozzy aside and was like, dude, you don't have to keep going up and up and up when we go down. This is another song written in a very low key, like C sharp. You don't need to be singing at the top of your register for this. You could have just did it middle and it would have been meaty and tough. I think Um, my, my hatred of this song, hatred is a strong word. My, my, lack of appreciation for this song stems from when Duncan and I covered Ozzy's uh, Speak of the Devil and he does this song and just the words I want to use are insensitive so I'm not going to I'm going to say he wow I don't even know how to it's bad in a way that I can't rightfully describe because it would be insensitive and immoral to say how i feel bad okay so i hear it's this pretty song bad. Just and, leave it there well and then i hear this and i hear the, the original version of it and it's not it's not great and you know it's not great yeah um then but it's but it's on this record, it would be almost the second best. It is the second best song. It is. It is the second is best song. Super sad, but like it is the second best song on here. And again, I do like the riff, and I highly recommend the uh, 
cover of this. There's been several. I do love the helmet cover of this song. This song could probably be covered and covered into a great tune by a thousand bands. When you have a three chord, it's hard to fuck up. Also, Rob Halford fucked it up too. Really? Yeah, he fucked it up. Oh, was this at the live? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Well, you got to give him. I mean, it's not fair to. It's not really fair to 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 dunk on Rob for those shows. It's he was probably bailed them out, and they made a lot, and they they he saved the day, and they made a lot of money. So you can't. Really right, I'm not mad. dunking on him, but it just you know that sh- that particular show was you half amazing. What? I don't think you can remember the words. Well, that show was half amazing and half shit. Yeah, for sure. Because again, um, I mean, he probably had not even sound check. True. Uh, closing outside one of this mixed bag album to say the, the aptly titled Megalomania Bizarre. Wow song nine minutes plus it's not that good it's been covered a lot which just surprises me it was on uh celtic frost third record primeval this song is like 82 minutes long (laughs) it's not good it's 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 the worst thing you can do when you write a bad tune is make it long right and and we don't have any ideas. Let's just keep fucking around until we figure something out. Oh, you recorded all that? All right, cool. Done. Nailed it. I guess. <laughs> Moving it. on. And it's it's app it's megalomania. It's completely aptly titled. I have no idea what it's about. I have no recollection of the lyrics. I just remember thinking, shut the fuck up. Stop yeah, this. That's, and that's maybe a first for me also in the whole Black Sabbath. Even the songs I don't love or like. I never want them off. This I want off. I was like, okay, I'm listening to this one time and I'm skipping it. it. I listened to it twice, last week and better. this week. It did not get better this week. It got worse. As, as you Some songs, uh, Megalo- not, I'm sorry, uh, Hole in the Sky and um, Symptom of the Universe got better. This did not. This did not. This aged like cheese on my dashboard. Um. So that's side, two. That's side one. That's side, side one. Two two great songs. I say, uh, Hole in the Sky is great. Synth the New Verse is good, but almost not good. Almost getting, because again, Ozzy's voice. No. Symptom of the Universe, I would qualify personally as an official time at bat. The song is there. Swing and a miss. Correct. No, they got to walk. They walked. So it's. No, I guess no. It's not a walk because that's not an official at bat. No, it's it's the ground wow. out to shortstop. Yeah, it's 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 it, this is a, yeah. It's definitely a it's a six it's a six three ground out. You know, it, it's they made contact, but they didn't they didn't follow through. The riff is the riff is great though. But uh, yes, I think if I could fart in his sleep and the riff would be great. You know, like to make a complete song takes all the guys, and that's the problem with some of this. Um, side two opens with thrill of it all. Straight up shitty. Not a good song. Just shitty. It Just doesn't not, get and not it even doesn't, trying. It doesn't get better. Well, I love song number six, and I'll tell you why. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Okay. Sorry, I had to get a picture of my reaction face so I can see it. Super bizarre. 
No. Bizarre. Another instrumental on a pretty short record. So now we have two instrumentals, four, four, almost five minutes of instrumentals on a 43, 44 minute album, minute record. Um, it's it's pretty useless, just like the fluff. It's useless. It's I like useless it. and it's four well minutes made. long. It's well made, but they have nothing at this point. You know what no else idea. is well made? My turds after a big salad. Okay, then. But you know what nobody um, needs? And, and that's instrumentals the on this short-ass, mediocre record. And I think about this one. It's It's got this choir. And it, an instrumental, the music has to be better than normal. If your music at a set is a 7 out of 10, normally, it's got to be a 9.5. you got to have a melody. you got to have a something. This is like, it felt like one fucking riff with a choir waking up every 30 to 40 seconds, belting out, and then going back to sleep, and then waking up, and it just, it. what is it? It's nothing. No. No, we, we are now at three bad songs in a row. And mm-hmm. if you add up the time, 10, 6, 4, we are at 20 consecutive shit minutes. Almost half the record is just garbage and there's um, more sorry they wait there is more am i going insane is not terrible it's, it's filler it's it's, it's filler and uh, and that's the radio version apparently there's the long version they played live and not the edit okay i don't they intended eight minute version of this shit what the that they fuck? Do why <laughs> i don't know why. it's 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 tolerable okay. at cocaine okay. yeah it's it's we need like a a bumper to come in every time we get to like I don't know why it's bad. Da, 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 da. Cocaine. We just need Ozzy's voice. Cocaine every time because that's what they were doing, and that's why. Um, Am I going insane? Is not a bad song, but it's also not a good or great song. It's just it's okay. filler. It's it's filler. It, and then the writ. I know people like this song, and I don't. I have. I actually had somebody when I was discussing Black Sabbath on on the internet once because i like to argue on the internet because my family gets tired of me complaining so and this guy's like dude listen to the writ you will see the majesty i have listened to the writ you are fucking high not only is it bad it's nine minutes it's nine minutes of them singing, I presume, about suing someone, which if there's anything, if there's any topic in this world I don't need from Black Sabbath, it is legal wrangling. Super true. Um, it's bad. It's, I it's, have to just, before we even put a rap on this motherfucker, let's just talk about this shit. One of the highlights of the deluxe version of this album is an entire live concert where they play most of it live in America. Holy fucking shit. Listen to this set list and tell me you wouldn't have walked out of this fucking thing and never listened to this band again. And I love this band. I really do. Uh, they go on tour in 75. This is the set list. Superzar and Killing Yourself to Live to open the show. A band Black, wow. Black Sabbath opens the show with that. Okay. Blow your brains out right now. Hole in the Sky. Okay. Snowblind. Wow. Into the Universe. Okay. 
War Pigs. Great. Megalomania, an 11-minute version, though. Fuck you. The horse you rode in Abracadabra. on. Abracadabra. Okay. 10 minutes of guitar solos. Just jams and drumming guitar solos for like 9, mm. 10 minutes. Wow. Super not Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Another guitar solo followed by a medley of like Orchid, Rock and Roll Doctor, and Don't Start Too Late. Mostly not noise. Black Sabbath. Yay. Spiral Architect. Awesome. Children of the Grave. Yay! And Paranoid. All right. Well, well fuck like you guys. Spiral Architect. Which of these things don't belong? Most of everything I said is bad. Like none of these songs are in the same league as the classics. Like play two of these fucking things. Play the two that are really great. Hole in the Sky and the Riff of Symptom of the Universe for like half the song. And don't play any of this the rest of the way. Like why? And then from the pre- previous album, Spiral Architect is on here. Yeah. Like why? Why? What well, at fuck? least build it. Who is running this fucking? The fucking inmates are running the asylum here. Who let them pick this set list? Who let them do this? So they didn't play what then? They didn't play "Am I Going Insane"? Is that the one song they didn't play? I I think they played the whole album except "Am I Going Insane" and "Thrill of It All," which is just sucky, and they knew it. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, yeah. and I mean, like Megalomania, you could have put in like two, three other songs, or Sweet one. Co- where or, is Sweet Leaf in this? Like, where is like? <laughs> if you're gonna do cocaine, you got to do Sweet Leaf. I don't know. I guess if you're gonna do, I'm sorry. If you're gonna do Snowblind, you should put in Sweet Leaf too. You know, so I'm just saying. Like, I mean, no, I I cannot imagine walking out of that show going, hell yeah. <sighs> Yeah, I guess I guess it was previously released as part of the past lives set from 20 years ago. And it was recorded at a in New Jersey at a venue I used to go to for shows called Convention Hall in Asbury Park, where Bruce Springsteen is from and South uh, Southside Johnny and the uh, Amboy Dukes. But um holy shit, this record is shitty. Like really officially shitty. Zeppelin doesn't have a record this bad at all. Even Coda, honestly, he has better songs than this. Um, and Coda has some great songs actually, but like this record officially sucks. Yeah, I'm just gonna come out and be like, you know what? Even if you love Am I Going Insane, Hole in the Sky, Symphony Universe, and Am I Going Insane are not enough out of eight tracks to make this a good record, just as unobjectively as possible. I'm not trying well, to and, pile and on. the thing about that is if those if if you just fucking love those songs, which I mean I can see that, that's 15 minutes. There's nothing. There's still another thirty. And Megalomania is almost ten minutes of garbage by itself. Yeah. Fuck. And the writ is nine minutes of garbage. I mean, there's still thirty more minutes of this record. They had the money to hire a choir. Like, let's talk about that for a minute. Like, they didn't have any money to live, but they had the money to bring a choir in to make the record. I, I would like to have seen that meeting. What does this song need? What is it missing? Should Ozzy sing? Oh, fuck no. <laughs> Could Did the you rest hear... of us sing? Oh, no, no. Should no. Bill sing? Um, that same choir is on The Who, on Tommy, and also on Rick Wakeman's solo record, Journey to the Center of the Earth. Man, there's like a lot of Rick Wakeman talk this week. Rick Wakeman all day, every day, son. I wore a lot of capes from age three to fucking 11. 
And that's all Rick Wakeman's fault. A lot of capes, a lot of magic I'm not, wand. I'm not, I am not encouraging the Rick Wakeman. Anybody fault. out there in uh, podcast land ever have like a little, a magic wand, a toy magic wand that little kids get that have like a glitter in water in a see-through ca- uh, wand? I did. Uh, I also played the fairy godfather. Don't make jokes. In the very Italian section of the Bronx, so they like the name Godfather. But I played the, the fuck are we talking about here? Godfather in a production of Pinocchio that was a musical. But anyway, this uh, album's terrible. This album's are really we are we just terrible. diverting from the record because we don't want to talk about it anymore? <laughs> talk about it. This uh, record's pretty disappointing. Uh, Hole in the Sky and, and Symptom have been covered a lot by bands. Pantera has a great cover. Like Pantera should have just made Sabbath cover out uh, albums at this point, but they did very well. Somebody not named Zach Wild should have done one. Yes, well, fair enough. I do have that album also, by the way. That I let look. I love Zach Wild as a sideman. Uh, when I bought the first uh, Black Label Society record, a buddy of mine asked me, "How is it?" Okay, well, first to answer that question. Do you think that Zach Wilde is the most brilliant guitar player of all time that's been held back by Ozzy for far too long? If your answer is no, you won't like Black Label Society. And so that's why I don't want to hear him covering all the, the Black Sabbath tunes. Fair um, enough. But yeah, to, to, I mean, to, just to wrap up, put a bow or a pile of dog shit or whatever on this album... We are at the point where they have not only lost the plot, the plot has kicked them in the junk, stolen their wallets, and laughed, and then left, walking away slowly, knowing they're too stoned and drunk to get up and chase them. And then you get shit like Megalomania and Superstar with Zs, which fuck Zs. I mean, just come on, man. You're not Czech. And... And spoiler, spoiler, they never find the plot again with this they really band. Don't. They really don't. Not with they this have, version of this band. They have two more records coming up that we're going to... Grin and bear it. We're going to listen to our way through. These will be very short episodes for the final. It'll be a very short episode next week. And... Um, it's, I don't even know which one is better than the other one. Probably the last one is better than the next one, but like I have not, not listened to Never Say Die in probably 20 years. Uh, I did listen to Technical Ecstasy with Duncan because we did an entire episode on that one. Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, it's better than Bill Ward's solo work. But I mean, that's really damning with faint praise. I mean, my band was better than Bill Ward's solo work. Um it's it's so disappointing when you see a band stumble, which for me was volume four. And Black Sabbath isn't just a band. They aren't just innovators. They are apocryphal. They are mythology. They are, you know, they are the beginning of this entire thing that, you know, I have spent most of my life following and chasing and wanting to be and wanting to be a part of in some small way and to see them fall down like a soccer player like an italian soccer player in the world <laughs> cup 
just okay. completely of their own yeah. volition. They gave themselves a yellow card, like it yeah, was a red. Um, but again, we'll 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 put a nice bow on it at the very end of next week. But at the same time, it's like there's no bow fixing this shit. And honestly, the fact that they were able, if you think really hard on it, the fact that Volume Four is at least half great and 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 uh, Sabbath Bloody Sabbath is mostly good to great. It's a miracle they got those out. As Agreed. Good as Completely. Because agree. they were trashing themselves and not capable. And then no I mean, management and no direction and no bossing. Nobody really leading. And that was the problem. But like, don't let that dis- dissuade you from the greatness that is this band and this legacy and these first few albums because they are untouchable. And even Master is fucking great. But yeah, the, the 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 decline of this band is faster and worse than any other of their peers. Almost. I mean, I challenge you, listeners, come tweet at us uh, and tell me what other band has dropped off a fucking cliff like this band did. Because it's not Deep Purple. It wasn't Led Zeppelin. It sure wasn't Thin Lizzy. It definitely wasn't Yes. and absolutely was not Pink Floyd. It's none of their peers shit the bed as bad as these guys. And I and like... It's a miracle they got Dio and continued, and I'll say this next week again, I'm sure. It's a miracle Dio revitalized Tony, and that's what saved the fucking band. Well, at this point in time, you have the entire band going, Tony, 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 Tony. We got nothing. Tony, Tony, Tony. It's obvious. He had a little. He had a little, but nobody else had... I mean, Ozzy got a co-write. His only co-write. Yeah. That should tell you all you need to know about this band or this album. And yes, they shit the bed in a wonderfully spectacular, epic fashion. And then they proceeded to shit the bed live in front of studio audiences or concert audiences for the next year by playing the whole thing. I have nothing else. Uh, one good thing about these little chin wags is you do end up putting a very nice, succinct period mark at the end of the statements here, at the end of these things. Very, very cogent and very thoughtful. You know, we pull our hysteria back from the gaping maw of doom and you bring us back into some peace and, you know, some some classiness. So I appreciate you because I'm like, oh, this shit's terrible. Oh my God, I can't. Holy fuck. Can't believe we even liked this shit at the time. We were also on drugs, probably. I was a little kid, but like <laughs> well, anybody at the time who was an adult listening to this shit was also fucking high. So maybe it sounds better high. You tell us your experiences, everybody. But there's no band. Bad. You know, I would say Metallica actually dropped off the face of the earth this badly with Saint Anger. Fair. But however, that is one record and then they came back. Not three. If you want to say Lulu, I think is horrible. Like Death Magnetic and Hardwired oh, yeah, are completely. excellent by comparison to this stuff. No, I mean, uh, I, Death Magnetic is one of my favorites. I love that record. Yeah. And, but yeah, it, this this is basically the end of an era. This is when the original members, the original metal band, the first metal band stopped being a functioning unit. Hmm. 
and somebody had to go in order to bring it back. But listen next week anyway. Fair enough, sir. And thank you, everybody, for listening, uh, because we're just going to ramble if I don't turn this off now. Goodbye.